Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody, and welcome to this week's show. Like he said, I'm David, and this is the podcast for folks who are beginning with lighting or who just want to learn more. I'm really excited this week for a few things. Um, one, first off, is um, I'm actually working with a, a new portable recording setup, a little uh, on the go, because I am uh, at a gig uh, today and this week, and I'll be traveling a lot this month, doing a lot of really exciting things, including the big LDI trade show that I'll uh, be bringing some really great video to you guys from uh, very soon, in just a few weeks. So today is free Q&A Tuesday. What does that mean? Well... This is where I answer questions that come in from the contact form at learnstagelighting.com slash contact, and uh, I go ahead and answer them here on the show. But first, if you are new here, um, do know that uh, I've got a little quiz for you, okay? I want to send you a free guide to help you with your lighting, to help you really um, get started and, and create some awesome lighting. And you can get that at learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. All this quiz is going to do is it's just going to ask you a few questions and, uh, you know, be able to give you um, a guide that is specific to your type of lighting and getting started. All right. So without further ado, let's dive in to our questions. Matthew writes in and says, hello, I am setting up a DMX lighting system for my church. We've converted all dependent lights to dimmable LEDs. And now I want to add a dimmer pack where the switches currently are. All the switches are on switch loops up to the pendants. Are there any DMX dimmers out there that can support a switch loop? Um, so Matthew, I am not aware of any. Um, keep in mind, I'm not an electrician um, by any means. Um, I mean, sure, by trading, in a lot of ways I am. But by means of certification and insurance and stuff like that. I'm not an electrician, okay? You always, you know, want to talk to an electrician when doing stuff like this. Um, maybe you've got somebody in your church who knows what's going on there. But what I would probably recommend doing is just taking where your switch is, your switch loop, and just disconnecting that switch loop from the lights. And if for some reason you can't get to that wiring, I mean, that, that's not a, a doable thing then you could literally just wire the switch loop together so that it's as if the switch is always on. Put a cover plate over it, um, and then you would have the ability to add the dimmer pack in um, closer to the lights or or where the lights come uh, into the power panel, the, uh, the circuit breaker panel. You could put a dimmer pack there. So um, the short answer is no, I don't think there's any solutions out there that can do that. Um, I could be wrong. Um, I've, I've been wrong before and house lighting, sure, is something that I know a decent bit about, but um, house lights um, are definitely not something that I'm as experienced at as um, other parts of lighting. So I uh, hope that helps. Lucian writes in and says, I've got a topic for you. Um, he's got his own thoughts, but he's been working on a building install over four floors and 13 universes of pixel tape. You've been working on the network drawing and the basic layout. It's basically two universe um, for the upper floors and five universes on a lower floor. And so the question for me is, would I use DMX with splitters or would I use ArtNet or SACN, um, networked DMX? So Lucian, I would easily, I would totally go and use ArtNet or SACN. 
it's going to make your life a lot easier for a lot of things. One, um, each floor, even the floor that has five universes, only needs one network cable to it from whatever your controller is. And then you can put in a network switch down there and have your five network cables that go out to um, each universe's pixel controller, okay? You know, I don't know what pixel controller you're using, but it's likely it should be capable of Ardnet or SACN. And so, to me, it's a no-brainer to go that way because anytime you need to distribute, you know, a good amount of universes, you know, this is 13, there's really pretty much no reason today to not use networked DMX. You know, it used to be more costly. Now it's not that costly. So I would say definitely go with the network DMX. It's going to save you a lot of cable. It's going to save you frustration. And if your client or whoever or you needs to rearrange things later, it's going to make it so much easier to rearrange because you don't have to be like, well, this floor only has two DMX lines going to it, so I can't add a third. Where And if you need to add that third in later, if you use the network DMX, you can just add the third in, add a network switch, you know, whatever. Add the third line in there, and you're good to go. So Matthew writes in and says, Can I get your advice on a setup? So we are a church that uses a very basic setup, um, lighting setup, about 20 LED lights, and they want to have five or six scenes um, for the service overall. And then have your operators just press the scene button at the appropriate time. The only problem is that our current desk instantly changes to that scene. It doesn't seem possible to fade to the next scene. Um, you checked a few of the desks out there, and they all seem the same. Perhaps we could use software with a dongle to control the lights. Your budget would be about 400 to 700 USD, um, though you're in New Zealand, to solve this problem. Any ideas? Yeah. So, Matthew, I would definitely recommend the software route. You know, that's, that's really my go-to these days. Um, you know, five years ago, if you talk to me, like especially when this website was first getting started six years ago or so, the market was different. The software controllers were not that good overall. Most of them were not very good. And on the lower end especially, it pretty much always made sense to go with a hardware controller over software. Now, that's been flip-flopped. The software controllers have gotten really good, and therefore, the various lighting companies have really um, they've really stopped putting focus on the hardware controllers. And so they're, most of them, you know, the entry-level ones that are within your budget, are pretty terrible, as you've noticed. I mean, you can't even fade between two scenes. You know, that's terrible if you're trying to make good lighting, and, and you realize that. So I would definitely go ahead with a software-based controller. Um, there's a lot of different options, i got to tell you. You know, one that for what you're doing, honestly, which is perfect, is Entex DMXs. And Entex based in Australia, so you should be able to buy it locally. It's about $300 US, and you buy it, you get the, the box that outputs the DMX, and the software is free, and then you just download the software, connect the box, and everything works. And um, you just literally, you know, patch in your lights. I've got tutorials on YouTube. Um, we'll link to my page, actually, on Learn Stage Lighting about how to program with DMXs. Um, and that's got all the tutorials from YouTube on it. And Tech also features them on their site, so they're not that hard to find. But um, that'll give you an idea even before you buy it. Just just look over it, and just you'll be able to see how um, it's a really good solution for you. You know, there's other, there's a lot of software out there that would work for you. You know, I'm going to be honest. And if you ask different people, you're going to get different options. But for what you're doing, I think, 
I think this is the, the best bet. You can even with DMXs, you can literally program in a foot switch to go to the next scene. Um, it's really that simple. Or you can have them click on the screen on the names of the scene. Um, either way, and then and then it's going to fade. You can change the fade time. It's it's In DMXs, they call it fade to next. So you just set what the fade time you want for the next scene to be from each scene. I'd probably just all set them to something that's the same, like two seconds, three seconds, you know, something like that. But it's really that simple. It's it's a great piece of software. I recommend it. It's so solid. It runs on Macs. It runs on PCs. Um, and it's only 300 bucks. So that's going to be my recommendation to you, Matthew. We'll be sure to link to that in the show notes. Armando wrote in, and uh, he wrote a longer email um, talking about, okay, getting started with AV at a younger age like me. Um, a lot of fun. And uh, you're an electrician. Okay, great. So now... You're a DJ, okay, and, and you run a nonprofit organization. And so now, your big question is, you know there are many types of moving heads available on the market, but does anyone actually demonstrate what's available? For example, you said, um, I hear about a Viper. Um, people talk about a Viper, but what is it? So, you know, et cetera. So, Armando, you know, there's a few ways to check out new gear. Um, Probably one of the best ways is just YouTube and just, you know, following the manufacturers, um, the major manufacturers in the market, whoever that may be. You know, for example, there's Martin and Verilite and Chave and Alation and Blizzard. There's there's a lot of manufacturers out there, Roby, you know, Clay Packy. And I know when I was young, at least... I would, you know, watch those videos a lot, the ones that were out, and now there's so many more than there used to be. And you could just watch on their YouTube channel the new stuff that's coming out. And the cool thing about that is you can understand that, you know, when they have these product videos, they first usually kind of have like a show with a bunch of them doing really cool stuff, and then they'll often switch to just one light and literally walk through all the different features and say, hey, it's got this feature. Here's what it looks like. It's got this feature. Here's what it looks like. It's got this feature. Here's what it looks like. And so that's really, I think, the easiest way to kind of learn about some different lights. Um, you know, that's something that I'm going to be working more on. But the tough part about it is, I can tell you, just get, to give you a little inside glimpse to my world, is that the tough part about it is, you know, getting your hands, getting your hands on all these lights and, and taking video of them. And that's why the manufacturers really, um, you know, put out these videos because they own the lights. Somebody like me, you know, occasionally I get a demo from a manufacturer, but not that often and, and not every light. And I see them at trade shows and I'm making an effort to do more, to show you more about how to use these lights and what they do. But but my best bet, Armando, um, to you right now would be go on YouTube, check out the videos of different lights, go to manufacturers' websites. They often embed those videos in their website and, uh, you know, show you how they work. And so I would definitely recommend checking that out, and that'll give you a good option. Um, The Viper is a Mac Viper from Martin. You can go check that out as well. Go to their website, and uh, you'll be able to see probably a video on on what the Viper profile does, etc. All right, Chad wrote in and says, I'm looking for a computer program that can be pre-programmed with multiple programs stored. Each stored program is the length of the song being played and falls in sync to the song. 
For example, when the song says everyone to the left, to the left, the moving heads all move to the left, and when it says to the right, to the right, all the, they move to the right in colored beams pre-recorded to the program. You want to make the program to make the music come alive. All right, Chad, so I probably have two recommendations of software for you that'll work for this. There might be others out there, but here's two. The first, as I mentioned before, is DMXs. I talked about it um, just a few questions ago, and it is an amazing option. It is such a great program. And it has a little sister program called Show Buddy that allows you to bring in tracks, play them, and then sync your lights perfectly to them. Now, Show Buddy is um, it's a little bit more designed for bands, and when you have a defined set list, you define the set list and you hit play um, to start each song and they play in order. And so it's a little more designed for bands. I don't know if you're doing a band thing or a DJ thing, okay? If you're doing a DJ thing, Showbody probably will work, but it's probably not the best solution. In, in that case, I would look, and that's Showbody and DMXs. We'll link to both of those uh, in the show notes, just to um, my page on DMXs. And if I have a page on Showbody, if I don't, um, we'll link to Showbody's website um, at DMXs.com. And um, so that's one option. The second option is called Show Express from Chavez. Okay, this is, a, this is a pretty good program. It's, it's designed for DJs from the ground up, and it has a mode in there called Timeline, and that allows you to, it's basically designed for DJs to line things up with a specific song, and then you can load that song in, hit play, and it's going to play it to the timeline. It's a little bit more flexible to running things on the fly and just coming up with the song real quick and playing it and having the light show in sync as, as a DJ would. Um, then DMXs and Showbuddy, which is designed a little bit more for bands. So hopefully that gives you a good idea, Chad, um, of you know two programs that do this very well um, and, and how they could work for you. So I'd look into those if I were you. Terry wrote in and said, We are looking at purchasing and installing hanging truss for our stage. We are a new church and uh, need more lighting on our stage than we currently have. Like most church plants, we have a tight budget. They have uh, eight LED PAR64 type lights with barn doors, and they want to do some backlighting. You currently have a small lighting board. However, you want to upgrade to software so that you can set stuff and uh, change colors with the click of a button. You're not sure that uh, the LED PAR64s are the best to use, but from your research, they feel they'll work great. Currently, your greatest need is to eliminate shadows from the faces. Am I need? I am in need of direction on getting power to the lights, what cables to run from the lights, and how to set it up wirelessly, um, etc. Okay, so basically, Terry, you know, you're asking a lot here, and I'm not going to be able to go in detail on all of this here, but I'm going to try. But I would recommend checking out the sponsor of our show, Learn Stage Lighting Labs, which is a program I run. It's a couple things. Um, some of these are, uh, things are really going to help you. One is it's video tutorials. So it's a whole vault of video tutorials, literally, where I've got courses in there on lighting for the church in your situation, where literally you can go in there and watch from step one, hey, here's the kind of lights I recommend, here's how to set them up so you don't get bad shadows so things work well, here's how to cable it, here's how to power it, here's how to DMX, here's consoles I recommend and which one you should choose because I have different options for different people in there and I explain how to figure out which one's best for you. Then we've got our user forums, okay? 
and our premium forums allow you to simply go in and as you're applying what you're learning in the courses, you can then go ahead, excuse me, you can then go ahead and literally say, okay, this is what I'm having trouble working with in my situation. I know I read this, I learned this in the videos, now I'm trying to apply it in the forums. How do I best do that? And I'll tell you. And, and other users will help sometimes as well. And so, you know, the short answer, Terry, is, um, you know, LED PAR 64s can work great. Uh, it depends on the unit. There's a lot of different options there. Um, they're not always the best for front light. But again, you know, they can work really well. Um, it's, it's really more, and I talk about this a lot here, it's really more about how you set it up than what gear you have, okay? There's a lot of different lights that can accomplish what you're trying to do. And of course, I don't really have any idea of how much budget you have. Um, hopefully you do. And, um, you know, obviously it's tight. But I would definitely recommend, you know, buying more quality pieces. Don't buy cheap stuff that's going to die in a year or two. Buy stuff that's from the brands like Chave, like Alation, like Blizzard, that carry a warranty and that if you treat it well, will last a good while. And um, then, you know, I would just recommend, you know, yeah, LED PAR 64s can be great for backlight. Um, but I, I would really, really strongly take a look, Terry, at Lloyd Stage Lighting Labs um, because you've got a lot of questions. And, you know, it's a community that compared to the cost of buying gear that's not right for you. I mean, you could go out there, Terry, and you could spend easily, you know, $400 today on gear that's not right for you. Okay. And I don't want this to be a hard sales pitch, but. You know, my, my point here kind of is that you could go out and you could buy $400 worth of gear that's not right for you, and then it's pretty much useless tomorrow, right? You, you can't figure out the right way to use it. It doesn't work right. It ends up in a closet somewhere. Or you could spend for a year of Learn Stage Lighting Labs $240 and have the guidance to buy the right stuff, have the guidance to learn how to set it up right be able to submit pictures um, on the forum so that I can take a look at it and say, you know, here's what I'll tweak, here's what I'll tweak, and then you can get much better lighting than you have before. So that's just a thought, Terry. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of questions here. Um, I, I want to help you, but it's more than I can do just here on the podcast. And, and I think Learn Stage Lighting Labs will really help you there. So Andy writes in, and says, are there any solutions out there that support programming an automated light show from a video track? I need lights to sync from a video when I press play. Um, video will be streamed via TV and lights will flash or move on the video timeline. I can't find any software out there that is an all-in-one capable of doing this. You've used ShowBuddy and DMXs for the light, for a light show synchronized with audio, but it doesn't work with video. Okay, Andy, so basically the long story short is there's not a lot of solutions out there, and I don't know of any out-of-the-box that can do this. However, pay close attention at DMXs.com because the developer of DMXs has promised us that soon and very soon, he is putting out a software package that can do this. It's going to be called DMXs Platinum, and uh, when it comes out, I'll be covering it more, but the short answer is he's promised this. In a simple, you know, built for bands or, or whatever, you know, you work with, um, 
solution that'll work well. So Andy, I would just hang out for a few minutes. Um, he was hoping to put it out in September. He says he's really close. He's been mentioning this on the DMX's forums at forums.dmx's.com. And so I would hang on, Andy, and um, wait for this new DMX's platform, Platinum. It sounds like it will do what you want. Um, and so I would wait, and I would definitely check that out. All right. Jim wrote, you asked for our questions, so here it goes. Awesome, Jim. My company is adding a DMX system to a small church using the mTouch um, slash Onyx software. There are currently no moving head fixtures. There are two sources for LED fixtures, and the rest are dimmers. He personally has no interest at this time in knowing the intricate details of programming an Onyx. The lighting person at the church will be implementing everything going forward. You just want to do the basic setup of how to add a straight dimmer through the patch, then associate it to a fader strips. Um, all the myriads of tutorials assume that I want to set something up more complex, and you really don't want to do that. After that, I need to know how to set up the LED and so forth. Um, once I get basic control of the system, then I will be expanding my knowledge to setting up shows. You've sent my information, learning stage lighting, to the lighting engineer at the church. I'm awesome. And I uh, may be interested in subscribing for more detailed sessions. Is there a basic step-by-step -step tutorial that takes me from a blank slate to the ability to actually control a basic generic dimmer? All right, Jim. So I'm not sure at this time that there's a tutorial that does that. I might, just out of interest, I might go create one and put it on YouTube um, before this podcast comes out. I might not have time to do it, but I might. Um, so be on the lookout for that. If I do that, I'll make sure that I include the link in the show notes uh, so that you can get that. Because it's it's pretty simple, but you're right. You know, A lot of the tutorials um, show you more than that because a lot of people are doing more than that. So if you do go to my tutorials on YouTube and we'll link to those in the show notes, my Onyx, how to begin with Onyx tutorials on the LearnStageLighting.com YouTube channel. You can basically walk through, you know, obviously the installing Onyx tutorial, um, but you've probably already done that. And then you just want to walk through to patching. And then you just kind of want to go through it. And, um, you know, you just have to patch some generic dimmers. And then literally, you know, if you're just doing dimmers, you can select them on the keypad. You'll get, they'll be given numbers in the patch, you know, fixture numbers, like one, two, three, four, they'll usually start at. And then you can set, you know, one at full, two at full, three at full, you know, set that out. Then you can press record and, and press the button to the top of the fader switch, um, the, the numbered button on the M-Touch. And then at that point, you can bring up that fader and press the uh, play button, which is also the top button with the number over the fader. And you'll get a cue. So that's the basic, most simple. Now, obviously, Jim, you haven't used the M-Touch before, so that probably wasn't enough detail to get you programming it. So I would um, look over my tutorials because I think you can surmise that from, from my tutorials. But I might go make a tutorial before next week if I have time. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm on site on a gig this week and um, I'm not in front of my recording setup at home at my office. But... I might have time to do it before this podcast comes out. So um, that will help. And if not, um, thank you for uh, sending their lighting engineer to me. Thank you for, um, you know, showing them that uh, I've got a lot of info on Onyx and how to program it. And of course, I'll be glad to work with them if it comes up, if they do desire that help. Awesome. So um, Jerry writes, and actually before Jerry, I just want to uh, quick, you know, talk about Learn Stage Lighting Labs just a little bit more, okay? Hopefully you don't tune out for this, but, you know, this is the sponsor of our show, and um, 
you know, the reason why, honestly, you know, to get on a little soapbox, that I'm able to make all the things I'm able to do at LearnStageLighting.com, the, the reason I'm able to make this podcast, the reason I'm able to make YouTube videos and all that is because of the premium trainings that I offer, such as Learn Stage Lighting Labs, where inside you're able to really get a shortcut to creating great lighting. And, you know, the way that this works is, like I mentioned before, you literally just go in, once you subscribe, you get access to a ton of videos as well as personalized assistance in the forums. Now, the video guides are all designed in what I call action plans because the purpose of them is not to teach you everything you need to know about, you know, some particular software or everything that's possible. But the purpose of them is really to get you to take action and create great lighting as fast as possible. So, you know, like I mentioned before to uh, somebody, was it Jim? No, it wasn't Jim. One of the other folks who wrote in, you could spend hours inside manuals, you know, make some, maybe, you know, buy some lights. You're, you're not sure if they're what you need or not. You know, spend hours in manuals and trying to figure out how to hook all the stuff up. Or for a simply low monthly, quarterly, or yearly cost, you can join Learn Stage Lighting Labs and, and you'll really have the ability to soar in your lighting to be able to shortcut your way to creating great lighting and also to make the right purchase decisions, to not buy extra stuff and to not buy things you don't need. And so, you know, I really think, and I've talked to a lot of users um, that are in the labs, most people, if they're buying gear and they're new to lighting, when they join the labs, they save themselves from making more bad purchasing decisions um, than what the cost of the labs is. So it's kind of a no-brainer. You know, when you think of it that way, it really doesn't cost you anything. Because on the other hand, I get a lot of people in the labs that are frustrated. They join because out of, they find the site out of frustration because they've bought gear. Some of it's the right gear. Some of it's the wrong gear. And they're trying to make it work and do what they want and do what they're trying to do with it. And then they find, you know, that they may have bought some of the wrong stuff and they got to try to sell it or refund it or whatnot. And, and I want to save you from all that frustration. Plus, get you shortcutted to creating great lighting. So we're going to have a link in the show notes, but you can go to learnstagelighting.com slash labs to learn more and to join us today. Awesome. So Jerry writes in and says, last fall, the church changed lighting desks from an Avalites Pearl to Martin MPC. So far, I'm learning how to operate this system and appreciate the videos um, of mine that you've seen. You've loaded many songs for your services in the playback section, but in random order by title. You were wondering if there's a way to reorganize the songs in alphabetical order in one batch step, or will it require a, a song-by-song move process? So yeah, Jerry, there is no quick, um, organized, alphabetical way of doing things. Um, if you do have a number that are in order, like say you've got 10 songs that are in order and you want to move all 10 of those from the end to the front, say, you could do, you know, move and then, no, that's not going to work. That works with groups, but it doesn't work with cue lists. So yeah, Jerry, you know, honestly, as I'm thinking through this, there, there isn't a shortcut to that. But at least once you get them set up, once you get them in that playback section, which, you know, might take you 20 minutes to do all those move commands, they're going to be in order, you know, for the future. So, 
you know, maybe if you need to leave room for more songs, maybe you, on the playback buttons, you leave some extra room in there. You know, I don't know. But, um, you know, I don't know your specific needs, but, um, you know, that would be the best way to do that. Unfortunately, there there's not really a shortcut to sort alphabetical um, like there would be in a spreadsheet or something like that. Will writes in and says, Hi, David. I have a question about DMX cables. I am designing a large theater and would like the best and safest ways to keep your signal cable, your XLR and your DMX out of the way from tripping everyone. Um, is there a way I can do this without using big cable mats and covers? So, Will, it, it depends on the amount of cables. But honestly, the best bet always is to get it overhead, right? If you can get these things, you know, to go up, you know, hit a pipe or, you know, something like that, go over the walking area and then come down again, maybe behind a curtain, behind a set piece, something like that. That's the best way to do it. Now, if you're designing a theater from scratch, another way that you can do it is there are actually companies that make floor pockets and they make some different, some different cable guard solutions where you can design into the stage some different places where maybe there's a, just a flap that pops up like a metal door and then there's a trough that cables can be laid in and then the door can be closed again and people can walk on it. Um, there are options like that as well. You could also go ahead, you can literally put in floor pockets that have a little metal door that you can open up and they have a little cable access and then you can do a piece of conduit to that from the other side and just pull it with, with electrician's pole wire. You know, you can do that as well. So there's a lot of options there, Will. Um, certainly if you're designing from scratch, you have the options there to be able to build some things in the floor to be able to accommodate cables. But then, you know, as the theater grows and as it's being used, there's going to be situations where the cable pockets or the troughs or whatever you design isn't going to be ideal for what you need. And you're just going to need to run the cables overhead. And then that's going to keep it out of people's way. All right, so GR writes in. I'm sorry if I totally just killed your name there. Are you able to give me some advice on lighting a small church stage in the first instance with the ability to grow over time? Uh, yes, I can, GR. So the best way to do this is um, whenever you're thinking about making a purchasing decision, you just want to think hard about the future. So create a vision for your lighting for your church as to where you want to go, you know, say in 10 years. Because any piece of year, while lights and stuff may last more than 10 years, you know, let's just assume they're not going to because, you know, stuff breaks, it gets old, it gets outdated, whatever. Let's assume a 10-year life on things. Um, it may, you know, things may last longer and that's wonderful, but let's not assume it, all right? So... What I would recommend is anytime you're buying something, just think about how could I use this in the future? For example, say you buy some lights for the front of your stage, okay? They're, they're your front wash, you know, some LED par cans or something like that. And you know, okay, you know, I'm going to need eight of these to cover the stage. I buy them. They're great. But you know that in the future, that eight lights isn't going to be good enough to cover the stage or Maybe you want to go something with something that looks a little nicer, like some LED Fresnels um, or a white source LED or something, you know, that, that looks nicer. And so you just really need to think about when you're buying, say, okay, I'm buying these RGB LED PARs now, you know, these red, green, blue LEDs, and I'll use them as the front light, and they won't be the best thing, but they're inexpensive and they work. 
And then you say, okay, well, when I have nicer stuff, I can go ahead and I can put this behind the musicians as some backlight and, and by, use the new stuff as front light. And then you make the same decisions with you know things like your console. When you go to buy a console, buy something that's expandable, right? Don't just buy you know a cheap something for three hundred bucks or or less that has some faders, has some buttons, but only can control you know ten fixtures or something like that. Buy a piece of software, you know maybe with a small hardware controller that controls it, that allows you to control a lot of lights. You're starting small. But then as you grow, you don't have to rebuy, you know, some other piece of software or something like that. So those would really be my best recommendations is just as you're looking at purchasing decisions, think about today. And then think about as you grow, as you buy nicer stuff, what can I do in the future? And it's really that simple. So don't try not to overthink it, but just think about, you know, whenever you're buying something, what are the multiple ways you can use it? You know, if you're using it one way today, how can you use it tomorrow that's different? Awesome. So Ahmed writes in and says, um, Hi, David, is there any way I can make the Onyx software that's a formerly Martin MPC run on a Mac? And Ahmed, there isn't. I mean, you can run, you can technically run, you know, boot camp and boot into Windows and run it, but then you're pretty much just running Windows. You're not, I mean, you're on physical Mac hardware, but... It's not really running on a Mac per se. It's running on, you know, the Windows OS. You can technically run it in parallels, but it's not super stable. And uh, parallels, for those um, who may be familiar or not, is a piece of software that allows you to um, run Windows applications and Windows while you're booted into Mac OS as a virtual machine. And that doesn't work great because Onyx relies on a lot of Windows drivers. So, you know, the short answer is no. And the reason why, basically, as the Onyx folks have pointed out to me, and uh, I've noticed myself, too, is that there's a reason why a lot of the top lighting controllers don't work on Mac and PC. And the reason why is our industry is not huge, and it's really expensive to be able to develop on both. And since most of the consoles, the physical hardware consoles, are running embedded Windows on them, it only makes sense to do a Windows app. And I can tell you, you know, this is true. If we look at applications that run both Windows and Mac, a lot of them are, are, are quite a bit more expensive. Not all of them, but, you know, a lot of them are. Or they're buggy, or the two versions don't match up. You know, the ones, the, the ones that do a great job being cross-version usually are more ex- expensive. You know, there's one or two exceptions out there, but... So the short answer I'm at is no, Onyx isn't going to run on the Mac. But, you know, what what the Onyx team and I would recommend to you really is just buy an inexpensive PC that meets the requirements for the system you need to run. You know, it's just a few hundred bucks and then you can dedicate that thing to being your Onyx rig. You know, that laptop is only your Onyx rig. And then you don't have to worry about, you know, keeping it clean and all that because you'll just set up Onyx on it, you know, run the updates, and then not really connected to the internet other than that. Awesome. Well, hey guys, thank you so much for listening today. As I mentioned earlier in the show, be sure if you're new here to go to learnstagelighting.com quiz because I want to send you a free guide that is particular to your type of lighting. 
Also in today's show, we talked a bit about Lynn Stage Lighting Labs. You know, if you are interested in taking things up a notch and you want to be able to save time, money, and frustration in your lighting decisions, I really recommend going to learnstagelighting.com slash labs and checking that out today. Awesome. Now, next week, guys, I'm really excited. I've got a really great show next week. We're going to be talking about how do you create a show network, okay? How do you create a show network? So I'm going to be talking about networking, how to create a network, and all the goodness that comes with it. It's a bit of a follow-up from the talking about show computers that we did last week, and I'm really pumped to bring that to you. Until then, I'll see you next week. Happy lighting, and have a great week. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.